You're listening to the Fantasy Nightcap, a Fantasy Collective production, with your hosts, Fox and Shane. Grab a drink, kick back, and enjoy the show. Welcome into the Fantasy Nightcap. Grab a drink, kick back, and relax. I am your bartender tonight, Fox, and with me as always is my regular Shane. And tonight, our guest you've seen in shows such as Cobra Kai, Scandal, Jag, and Moesha, and recently is the writer, director, and star of The Stay. Welcome, Scott Ham. What's How up, you guys doing tonight? Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Shane, I have a question for you before we go any further. Hit me. Do you know what the show Jag or Moesha is? <laughs> Moesha, I've heard of. And I've heard of Jag, but I don't think I've seen a single episode. Oh, yeah. This is this is how young. Uh, yeah, they, that, yeah, I was you're missing yeah. out, man. Moesha's on yeah. Netflix now too. You can revisit the whole thing. Okay, I'll have to go do that. Brandy um, and Ray J and the whole crew, man. It's it's legendary. Yeah. See, and I, and I grew up watching Jag. Yeah. Everyone had a little crush on Catherine Bell, the, the main oh, and there. and what's this? and the the lead guy. Uh, yeah, everybody had a crush on him with David James Elliott. Yes. Yes. Uh, Judge Advocate General. Yeah. A, yeah, that was uh, – those are two parts that I absolutely loved playing on shows that are still around and still play all the time to this day, which is fantastic. I know, and I keep – I watched the movie, mm-hmm. but the only one I haven't watched – I haven't watched Cobra Kai yet, and I've been told I'm an idiot for not getting on this bandwagon. But it's, it's in our queue, and I just have never – like we end up watching old shows or haven't had the time to watch a show yet, but I need to watch it. Well, that's more your generation, Shane. Are you, have you seen Cobra Kai? Mm-mm. Oh. <laughs> are, you, are you guys karate kid guys at all? A little the bit. Movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You got, yeah, exactly. I was going to say Fox has to be for sure, man. Uh, I watched the uh, first season before I was ever even on it because I was like, this is, I was, I'm a huge karate kid guy. So, nice. uh, yeah, that's I'm, I'm very familiar. Anyway, we'll get you know get to that, but yeah. And you were in the second season. I was in the second season. I just guest starred in one of the episodes, but it's a it was a really good episode. Episode six. It brought back the whole uh, Cobra Kai, the original one. Oh, nice. So, uh, it was a, I was so fortunate to get on that episode. Now, geez, man, you would think I had a huge part because that like Cobra Kai Nation is strong. It's strong. Uh, yes, our amazing. Yeah, one of our buddies, Nick, I think is a huge Cobra Kai fan, and yeah. he keeps telling us to watch it. So it's it's on my list. So I will yeah. I will make it to it eventually. Yeah. And those I've, fans, like I said, are amazing. Even though I was like an ancillary character, they're all they're very uh, they're very smart. You know, it's like being one of the smaller characters in Star Wars at the Star Wars convention. Like, yeah. I'm, Boba Fett's cousin, you know, from this. Right, and they know your backstory and everything better than you yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, a thousand percent. You better not mess up when they ask questions, too. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been catching up on the uh, Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. So, mm-hmm. basically. That's a lot of work. I got married in. Don't keep ruining it for him. In 2017. Yeah, you really do. I got married in 2017, and I didn't, like. Normally, I'd go see those movies with my dad and my sister. That was just always our tradition. But, like, my sister was at college. I had just gotten married. Dad has two young daughters. So, like, we never really had time to get together and go watch them. So, um, 
finally caught up on on those. I just finished Infinity War, so I've still got Endgame left to watch. Oh yeah, well those are tough too, man. You those are like seven hour movies. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what, so yeah. I finished Infinity War and the it popped up on Disney Plus for Endgame, and I was like, "Holy shit, this movie's three hours long!" Yeah, that's a that's a lot. Try watching the Snyder cut. That that one I did have to watch in two nights because I couldn't stay up to watch it. And part of it was not because I was tired, but because it was so boring that yeah, I was like, I guess I could probably just skip ahead here and know exactly what's going on because that was almost four hours of my life I will never get back. Yeah, it's a they're, they're all seem to be really, really, really long. So yeah, talking about when we're talking about watching movies in pieces. Those for me, I have yeah. to watch them in pieces. Well, it's almost like your, uh, oh, what's what was the one on Netflix? The the gangster movie. Oh, the Irishman. Yeah, where it's it's almost set up to be watched that way, mm-hmm. where you yeah. watch it in four parts. I almost feel like that might need to be the new way to watch stuff. I'm in, especially especially because I'm not I'm not going to go to a theater to watch a movie anytime soon. So, like we watched Black Widow at home. I was like, I'm not making it out anywhere to go see one i don't have enough time to sneak away that right brother (laughs) but moving on what are you guys drinking tonight shane we'll start with you i am drinking a new beer it is rogues hazelnut brown nectar um it's an ale with natural hazelnut flavor and it's actually got this nifty little graphic on the back that's got a a star and the most parts that are colored in on the star are toffee and nutty. And I'd say that's pretty accurate. It's really sweet, um, but really good. Nice. That does sound good. I went with uh, new to me, but uh, I think, Fox, you mentioned that you had seen it around before. It's called Breaking Bud. And it's from the Knee Deep Brewing Company. It's an IPA. And it's actually, i got to say, it's delicious, man. And uh, it's up... Uh, in Northern California, I think it's from around like the Sierra Nevada region, so you can't go wrong, right? Oh, and nice. No. Sierra Nevada. But yeah, I'm enjoying it, man. And I love the name Breaking Butt. It sucked me right in. Absolutely. I went with something new tonight as well. It was, I had a, a, a deal at BevMo. I'd spend 50 bucks to get $10 off. And I just got a, a box that had um, the syrup in it to make an old fashioned. So I went and got bullet bourbon. Ooh. And I was like, well, I still need to fill the 50 and I honestly bought this drink only because of the bottle and how cool it looked, but it's puncher's chance bourbon from Kentucky. And it's honestly one of the best bourbons I've had in a long time. Puncher's chance. I was going to say bullets delicious. So mm-hmm. yes. Puncher's chance. I have to look for that. And old fashioned. Well, I've never had, I've never had a good old fashioned and I've tried it with the syrup before, but, but I didn't have it with bullet. And I think that's what made the difference. Cause it tasted like, a, um, Oh, the, I can't think of it. It's like fireball. Almost like it had oh, that cinnamon flavor to right, it. Right, right. Got some type of cinnamon. Your in old fashioned taste like that? Yeah, that's a, it's, it's the bullet. Huh. That's I think the bullet and the cherry. Yeah. I love Either it. Either way, it was fashion. delicious. See, I, I've never had a good one. I've had two at a bar and they've been awful and they've always been ruined for me. So I was like, ah, oh, maybe I'll try it one more time. I was, that's probably the bartender. Cause a lot of, you know, it's not, it's kind of especially drink that not a lot of uh, probably these young gohards out there know how to make that are just like you know, <laughs> you need those, those seasoned veteran bartenders that can mush the muddle the fruit and 
get you a little sugar in the bottom of the glass. Mm-hmm. Some do like that infused smoke on there too. There's a spot out here in LA that does that and they infuse it with like smoke and it comes and then they have those round ice cubes. It's the best old fashioned you ever had. Yeah. Never come that's, out I'll take you. It's so freaking good. That sounds well delicious. that's why I bought this thing was I got a box that had um two whiskey glasses in it, a whiskey, uh, a book on whiskey, and then two huge uh, molds for ice that make balls. And I have ones that are like super small and they taste like shit because of the, the rubber. I think like you get a little bit of that taste. Like, like you could tell it's been in the freezer for too long. So I wanted these cause they're plastic and mm-hmm. oh, they're delicious. Beautiful man. All right. Well, let's get into the first round. We're going to break these up into two rounds. We're going to talk fantasy for the first round, and then we're going to talk movies with Scott in the second round. Um, so Scott is our resident Seahawks fan. Yes. You're, you're from Washington, right? I'm actually born in Washington, D.C. No, oh, okay. in Washington, D.C. I'll do the quick synopsis of how I was out there originally, and then started. we moved around a lot and started making our way to the West Coast. And I'm going to age myself here. When I was in Arizona and Phoenix, they didn't even have a team. So you get a lot of the, um, <laughs> you get a lot of the, back when they were in the AFC West, the AFC West games, it was mm. Raiders and Seahawks. And and I just kept, I just fell in love with the Seahawks team. And that's, and Steve Largent was ending out his career. Nice. And so that, that crew. And I was like, I love this team. And then we moved to California. And the first football game that I ever went to see was a Seahawks game. My dad took me to Anaheim Stadium to see the Seahawks play the Rams. And then I was really just, oh, so that was been perfect. The, the short version is if someone asked me, I go, yeah, I was born in Washington, D.C., and I was just a stupid kid and started rooting for the wrong Washington team. <laughs> <laughs> I like nice. that. That works. Yeah, right? Whatever works. Are you, are you currently we'll wearing start. a Seahawks hat? This is a Seahawks hat. Nice. I was going to say that hat's This one's like a little different variation. Look, there's one, you guys can see me, there's one hanging on my door behind the yeah. Seahawks robe. Nice. <laughs> so I've got a lot of Seahawks tchotchkes. You know, 30 years of fandom, you accumulate a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I, I, I love every bit of it. Awesome. I'm a diehard. Well, diehard. Well, God, it's been probably eight years since we actually last saw each other in person. Wow. And I think, I think we back then would bet on Cowboys and Seahawks games. <laughs> and I think back then you usually got the better of us, but uh, I've never been a Seahawks fan. A long time. So. <laughs> I've never been a huge, never been a huge Seahawks fan. Yeah. <laughs> But I've told Shane ever since like I actually started to really get into fantasy, kind of like I still have hatred for certain teams and that'll never go away. But like I love Tyler Lockett now. Mm-hmm. And like I've just become more of a fan of actual players. Yeah. Like I hate the Rams, but I love Robert Woods. Right, right, uh, right. Like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's like almost the teams kind of go away. And it's just I love these dudes. So like I'll put a Seahawks game on just so I can watch Tyler Lockett play. You know, oh yeah, I've watched. I'm just because you brought him up. This is the one thing that I get the Seahawks draft wrong almost every year. 
what they're going to take, who they're going to take. Well, I'm mad, at, mad at it almost every year. The only one that I've ever nailed was Tyler Lockett. I had watched him at Kansas State, and he was this little guy, and he caught every ball, and he was everywhere and did everything. And not just once. It was like every time I turned on a game in Kansas State played, this guy mm-hmm. looked everywhere. And I remember when it came up and there was kind of rumbling, and I said, they have to go lock it here. They have to go lock it here. And, and you know, people are like, ah, oh, he's this little teeny, teeny, teeny little guy. That, where is he from, kid? I don't even know what that is. I'm telling exactly. you, the guy is legit, and he's yep. a quality human being, and he is everywhere on the field. I'm telling you. the lo- And they drafted him, and I was like, oh, my God, I got one right out of all these years. I get everything wrong. I, I, was, mad <laughs> when dra- I was mad when they drafted Russell Wilson, put it that way. I was like, mad because they had just signed Matt Flynn from the Patriots. Yeah, I'm like, right. every single pick on this dude that like transferred to two different colleges, and he's another little guy. I'm like, I don't want this. Oh, I love like, that pick, honestly. Did well. You're yeah. smarter than me. I hated <laughs> it. I, I really did. I hated. It. I thought they had so many other needs, and I'm like, this is come on, man. We spent all this money on this other guy who's, and now we're just. And then Russell, I mean, shows you how off I was. Uh, I got way more stories of being terrible than I do of being good. <laughs> I, I like it's my one like shining moment in Seahawks drafting lore. Well, and I love him too because like that, I mean, I knew he was from Kansas State, but I never really got to see much of what he was. He was the first guy I wrote an article on. Oh. And like going back to watch him, I was like, man, I missed out on like kind of seeing it unfold live, you know, instead of going back and watching tape on it. But yeah, like you said, that dude was everywhere, and it's no stop hilarious because that was his thing. Was he's so small, he's not gonna do anything, you know? Oh, he's only gonna be there for returning kicks and shit. And I mean, he was—he's essential for them everywhere. And I could care less about Kansas State, but I would watch yeah. those games to watch him. And right. sorry, anybody from Kansas State out there, but I—I I just was like, this guy is amazing. And then when the the way the I remember it when the, the way the draft like shook out, I'm like. God, we got that guy. I don't know if somebody on TV brought him up, like maybe or earlier or later. And I was like, if we could get that guy, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Well, I know they love him and they, you know, I I know they wanted to get that pick too. So it's like, it's nice to see guys like that that are taken care of by the team. And, you Mm. know, like, like, you know, he's going to be a Seahawk for life, man. (laughs) (laughs) you guys just seem to love to jab the uh big knife in your quarterbacks dude it i almost lost my mind last year when they went seven rounds without drafting a receiver and then this year like every round like the first two rounds they didn't take a receiver again i was like i was almost ready to combust and then they finally <laughs> traded up and took Amari Rodgers in the third round. And I was like, thank you. Yeah, it only took you 10 rounds. But you find I'm about one. five to seven years into why aren't we drafting offensive linemen over and over again? I'm just like, we're going to all O-line all the time in this one. We're going to just protect Russell and we're going to get all these young bucks and just giants. And we never take any. So, well, what it took. Was it the third or the fourth round that they finally took an O lineman? I think it was the fourth round. They didn't have a first round, and the second round was uh, that's crazy. A receiver from Western Michigan, and yeah, so I think it was the fourth round. I can't remember who they, who they went with the next pick. We didn't have a ton of picks this year. No, 
the Jamal Adams thing, I think, played into it and some, um, yes. some past stuff that we did. So uh, we, we didn't have a ton of picks. So that does bring us to our first question. Yes. Is what do you think of that pick with Dwayne Eskridge? Well, again, I thought we were going O-line. I, I didn't know. But the more I like hear rumblings about this guy, the more I like it. And the fact that we that we lost uh, more who was kind of that role, I think he could step right into that role. Um, there's a man though. Cause and then when I heard the rumblings about maybe Antonio Brown, he's been working out there. Right. I'm like, that's going to not enough balls on the field. So maybe a guy like him who comes in, it's his first year. He's out of a small school runs uh, just what he run like a four, three, three, 40 or something like that. I think he can fit nicely, man, nicely in that third spot. And also, we can use him in the return game, and we can keep right. Lockett like out of that return game. Yes, keep him healthy. Metcalf, and because I mean, what's huge is that we also got Everett tied in from the Rams. So there's another mm-hmm. weapon. Have that guy running out there too. And I mean, I think I think the offense this year is just going to be really legit. And yeah, he can step right in. And maybe if he needs another year or two, we still have uh, Freddie Swain from uh, Miami that was right. a high draft pick. Was a draft pick for us uh, the year before. And uh, Ursa, who's been hanging around. So we got some little role players in there, even though we lost uh, two receivers. Um, I think he's going to be – I think it's a nice pick. And uh, we'll see. But, I mean, it's it's going to be hard to overshadow in any way. Yeah. Metcalf, Metcalf and Lockett. And then I think Everett's a beast, too, to get him over from the Rams. is huge. Yeah. So – um, and then we still have Disley as the other tight end. So he, and that's a name right. that's one like that I feel like know. people are, are forgetting about because yeah. Disley before he got hurt yeah, was kind of balling out and then he got hurt and it was just like, Oh God, is he going to play again? Like, I feel right. like it was that bad of an injury. Um, no one knew the guy under the radar and he's a top echelon, like, like numbers wise receiver. He was, I mean, a tight end. He was yeah. so, if he stays healthy, that gives us another option. I, uh, I like it, though. But I, I do. I do like the draft pick. I do think he fits in. Do I think he's going to, like, blow up to uh, and overshadow one of those guys? No. Yeah, I was going to say, is he a fantasy relevant? In redraft, no. Do you play Dynasty at all? I played one year, and I I used to play a lot more leagues, too. And my head was about to spin off, and I hate getting back to <laughs> When my guys are playing against each other, and I'm like, well, I need this here, but it can't be with this guy, but if they score in my team. And I was like, I'm going down to my two favorite leagues, so I just play in two regular PPR leagues, and I'm so happy. And it's because they're both with a different group of guys that I've known for nice. long periods of time. So that was a long answer for, no, I just play in two, two regular PPR leagues. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Um, I'm not going to tell you how many leagues I'm in. Yeah, you're, I we're, we're both in too many. My buddy that I told you about before that I mentioned on the podcast, he's in, I think, nine this year. And I'm uh-huh. like, I don't know how you do that. You, is that chump change? Oh. Chump change now. <laughs> I, I think we're both at least in double digits. And I know he's in more than I am. Ooh, I don't know how you guys do it. This will be my hey. first year, I think, to have like this many. And we'll see how it goes. I might have to cut, actually cut some. Because I was like, and this year I cut down. I'm gonna cut some, but really it was I'm gonna cut some that I'm not having having fun in and don't really interact with these people. And I'm gonna go join leagues that I'm like in leagues that I'm friends with people. Um, That's what I love is I love the camaraderie of these two leagues that I'm into. Just 
lifelong friends in most of them. Some of them, it's, I, it's the one time of the year I get to see them. Yeah. It's the draft, it's the draft party. The draft awesome. Party. So, uh, oh, nice. I, I love it. And one of my drafts this year, check this out, is the coolest. We're doing a, um, a destination draft and we're doing a Vegas. Oh, nice. A Vegas nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. 100% my idea. <laughs> it was and it was our commission i'll give him the thing but i i love the idea i can't wait uh, i just uh gotta assure the wife i'm just, it's just gonna be a one day one night draft come home but it's gonna be a blast. see at least at least you can have her manage two children right just like shane's wife can manage two kids i can't escape because <laughs> We got a five. We got a five-year-old, and that's great. You know, she can kind of take care of herself. She's self-sufficient. Um, sure, there's some stuff she can't do, but for the most part, like, <laughs> you a- you ask her to do it, she can do it. She can grab food on her own. Yeah, she can grab food on her own. She can go to the bathroom by herself, no issue. But now that there's three damn babies, it's not like I'd be like, "Hey, babe, I'm going to disappear for two days." Can you handle You're this? You're never doing anything. You know, I'm like, I was like, shit, like, I can't, and she can't do the same. Like, you know, it's not like, oh, there's a girl's weekend. I'm going to go. Be like, well, you're not leaving me with three newborns and a five-year-old. Newborns, it's amazing you're doing a podcast, my friend. You can sneak away and do this. Oh, at, 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 at Shane, I'm like on my strict one-hour timeline because then the babies usually start going nuts at like seven. Yeah. But I think we... I think tonight we're on a good feed schedule. They're both asleep. The she was feeding our daughter. The boys are both down. So it's like, okay, we've got some leeway and some wiggle room. But yeah, trying to do anything. God bless her because she lets me do this stuff and handles yes. it on her own. I know. I, I if I just start I will say up, I can't do this. Triplets, man. This guy's got triplets, five month old triplets. It's insane. Yeah, I can't do what she can do on her own. So she's something else. Cheers. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that radio silence for a quick cheers, everybody. Drinking, <laughs> drinking, <laughs> drinking going, man, triples is a lot. It's a, it's a lot. Me and Shane drink like, glad it's not me. Glad, glad it's not me. <laughs> they're, they're beautiful, adorable, adorable, adorable babies. So. Thank you. They, they're worth it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a struggle, but they're worth it. Mm-hmm. Scott, it's it's funny that you mentioned that you're you're doing a destination draft, and then we got into that topic because one of our buddies, uh, Jay, G-Man Jay, has been asking me to come join his home league if they get an opening, and they do a live auction draft with mm-hmm. a real auctioneer. Woo. So oh, that's Bill, awesome. I, he said he was going to text me by the end of the day to let me know if I was actually in or not. Um, but it's about a three and a half, four hour drive. So if I'm in, it's exactly like you, you guys just said, like I'm going drafting, spending the night and then coming back the next day. Yeah. <laughs> and even that's like, yeah. even with just two kids, it's like, that's a, still a lot for my wife to handle. And it's your name. I know, man. I, that's a, almost the same exact drive I have from here to, from from LA to Vegas. The same thing, yeah. like three four hours. So, yeah. well, then you come back and it's like, okay, what can I do for you? What can I help with? Yeah. What do you need? That's the worst part, though, because you be all yeah. over and tired and three hours of <laughs> travel, and then it's like, oh, thank God you're here. Here's the baby. Feed the baby. Grab the three year old needs this, and you just like, oh my God, can I just Change sleep? The diaper. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather sleep for 10 hours if, if that's possible. And they're like, no, 
you're just in Vegas, but it'll, it'll be worth it. That this is a fun league. We always do something fun. This year's a destination, but always over the years, it's always like a theme, like a dress theme. We've had like rainbows one year. We've had I think old balls or something. We've had a whiteout one year. We've done uh, lots of different themes just to try and spice it up and make it fun. So it's always a good time. But sometimes it's too good of a time, and like by round six, I, I look at the draft board and I don't know. I go, "What the hell did you do?" I go, oh, I've- <laughs> yes, I will say I've been. Yeah. I've been drinking. I've been day drinking with Scott once, and it was the worst experience of my life. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I will never drink Newcastle again after that. And oh my god! Yeah, That's how all was... the drafts get, by the way. And usually, yeah, by round five or six, and you see all the drinkers, all the drafts. Yep. <laughs> oh well, it's fun. I always live. I always live off my top four picks every year, anyway. <laughs> Love it. Oh, well, getting back to it, Chris Carson, <laughs> if he stays healthy, can he be an RB1 this season? And then with that, if Rashad Penny can also stay healthy, does he cut into his time and finally kind of either take a split role with him or start to take over the role like he seemingly was kind of drafted to do? Right. The big question in that sentence is stay healthy for Chris Carson. For both. He's a beast, man. You see him, I follow him on, on the socials, and the dude's just like, I'm like, how can that dude get hurt? Like, he's like built like steel. He runs mm-hmm. like a maniac. Seattle, I mean, if Pete Carroll had his way, we'll see how the new offensive coordinator works out, Weldon, but. He loves to – everyone thinks, oh, Seattle's this high-flying thing. We love to smash and really play defense is what Pete Carroll likes to do. Right. So he's a great option that way. <laughs> the thing about Chris Carson is we do like to smash, but we also get behind a lot and let Russell work, do all his work and do everything. But he's a guy that's going to be tough to get to 1,000 yards, and he just really doesn't max out more than seven, eight, nine touchdowns right in that range. But if you – I so I don't know – is he an RB1? He's that borderline, man. It's like you just take a flyer and hope that he is. But, you know, is he, is he that lightning fast dude that's going to bust a big one here and there? No. Right. He's going to be a grinder if you can get if you get points for carries. If you get, you know, um, yeah, I would say he's a high, he's a high echelon too. And I love Chris Carson too. Uh, but I just can't count on him to play – Stay healthy. I can't count on Seattle not falling behind and getting pass happy with all these guys. And we got the new offensive coordinator, so I don't know what it's going to be. Pete Carroll always likes to smash, but he's not the he's not the OC, so who knows? So, and then Penny, your other question. I the jury is still out for me on him. I loved him at San Diego State. I think he's a good player. He'll definitely get carries. That's the other knock why I think it drops Carson to a two is because we will rotate people in and out of that backfield because you're also going to – they also will get Homer and DJ Dallas carries too, especially because they both played last year. And then they like to switch it out and throw the ball to those guys. And then Carson's not a big pa- dynamic pass catcher. So Carson's tough to, to say an RB1 in my opinion. But, uh, you know, he's solid. If you can get him somewhere in the middle rounds, depending on how your league shakes out, shakes out, I think he's solid. Middle rounds might be a stretch to get that kind of guy that's going to get a lot of carries like that. But, like I said, he's going to get you probably that seven to 900 yards and that six to ten touchdown range. 
and then you can decide for yourself if that's RB1 for you and your team or if that's RB2. For me, no. For me, he's in the RB2 range, but I love him. Yeah, I think I I think I agree with you on that. Yeah. Well, and the, and the same with Penny. Like, he looks good in the flashes that you see him, Right. but then he gets hurt. Yeah, he doesn't stand yeah. the floor. I mean, he didn't play until week 14, I think, last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, in, in his limited time, he looked great, and then he just kind of fades out again because he gets hurt. Yeah, I, he, for me, he's a guy that maybe if he's available, like in the end rounds, I'd stash him on my roster. I mean, Carson were to get hurt and Penny takes it or something like that. But yeah, I'm not. I'm as much as I love everything Seahawks, I'm not a huge Penny guy yet. So, and as we were talking about earlier, I get. I don't ever love the Seahawks draft, and I still love that draft. So I don't know. I'm still waiting for the phone to ring for Pete Carroll to call me for uh, to be in the draft room. And I'll tell him. <laughs> I'll tell him where he's going wrong. Give him a shot here. Go, hey, man, what are we doing here? I mean, I've been, I've been watching this team for 30 some years. I'm going to let you guys know what we need. <laughs> what do you think, Shane? Yeah, uh, I agree with you guys on Carson. I think, I think what Scott said is is dead on. He's got he's gonna be a solid RB two, no question. He's got the potential to be an RB one, like cracking that RB twelve, RB eleven range. I think if the cards get played right and he stays healthy. Um, yeah. So I I totally agree with you guys on that. Penny, I'm not sold on because he hasn't been healthy. Like you yeah. said, Fox, he didn't play until week 15 last year, and he's missed significant time in almost every year of his career. So I'm, I'm kind of out on him, and I'm actually in on DJ Dallas. Like I I think Dallas is probably – I won't say he's the most talented in that backfield because Carson's just so damn good. But like, Is he your handcuff? Yeah, for me. Because, again – yeah, I'm, I wouldn't be mad. Because Scott, when did he get drafted? Was it? Do you remember what round? Late, also, he might have been like a six or seven. Like he was late, wasn't he? Like in the final, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I do remember. I think it was very late. Am I wrong? Uh, that doesn't tell me what round. Dang it! He was pick number one forty-eight. So 32, probably fifth round, I would yeah, think. That sounds right. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds right. right. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, yeah. I, fifth, early six, five, six right in there. I would have said, I would, that's that. Yeah, that's it. Right in that range is where he's been. But yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, fourth, he was a fourth round pick. Fourth round pick. Okay. Fourth round. Yeah, I was going to say late fourth round. It's very almost, almost to the fifth. Okay. All right. So Dallas is my guy from, from a handcuff standpoint. I'm, I'm not touching Penny. I like Penny's talent more, but I mean, it's like he gets healthy and then come training camp, miraculously, some other miracle or some other injury pops up and it's just like, here we go again, and then it seems like he's back on track, and then, oh, we've hit a, a roadblock here, and uh, he's not healthy. So I, I would agree. I I would love to just see what a healthy Penny looks like, but I don't think Rob will get it. Well, we'll see. Well, we all, all wish everyone to stay healthy. 
just because we're good humans, but also too for fantasy, nothing's worse than when your draft picks start going down big. Yeah, oh, big time. <laughs> that's just like that's just the dagger, man. That's the dagger to the heart right there. It's like, oh god, waste, what a waste, well, what a waste, what a waste. But yeah, let's all we're looking at about another Seahawks twelve and four, thirteen and three season playoff run. Here we go. Let's go. Let's go, Hawks. Let's go, twelves. <laughs> well, speaking of injuries, yes, we're moving over to the Niners. Okay. Uh, I mean, that doesn't even exclude their backfield. That's quarterbacks, tight ends, the wide receivers. It's just, they got, they got Oprah. Everybody gets an injury. And... I can't tell you how bad, how, I can't tell you how bad I feel about it. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> and that's what goes with our. That sarcastic shit right there. I apologize, Niners fans. I hope everybody stays healthy so we can beat on you for two games and you have no excuses. Yes. I love it. But speaking how, of how the does that taste, uh, Tycoon, how does that taste? Exactly. With um, with that backfield, mm-hmm. are you touching anybody in that backfield, or is that a, a clear cut? I'm not drafting anyone from that. Staying away. Don't want to deal with it. My short answer and long answer is no. I'm staying away from it. I don't want any part of it. Uh, if I have to take somebody, it's going to be in the slim pickings, end of the draft type of thing, and maybe just just I, I don't know. But I actually had Moster last season. Same here. And I drafted him fairly high because I remember in one of the drafts, the running backs were just like all gone, and I'm like, I don't have a running back too at all. And he kind of was it. It ended up being somebody else. I forgot somebody that unexpected, but. I mean, he had those couple big breakaway things and that one or two, like those those monster games, and then he was just, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, I liked Jeff Wilson. Hurt. I liked Jeff yeah. Wilson. Um, but then, yeah, I, I don't know what to do with that, man, to be honest with you. I don't know what to do with that backfield. Um, he's a speedster, and can he hold up for – yeah, uh, I'll go with no. I don't want any part of their backfield. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Shane? <laughs> I'm right there with you. I said on the show sheet, the only guy that I'm touching is Trey Sermon, and that's strictly from a dynasty perspective. I think this year it'll be muddled um, because they have, I think, seven running backs on the roster, maybe six. They have – I didn't list them all, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven counting use check, and I think there were still at least two more guys I didn't list because – I didn't know who they were. <laughs> I didn't even know these guys were on an NFL roster. And I'm like, I'm going to go with these guys. Cause I mean, they picked up Wayne Gallman uh-huh. and then they drafted Sermon and Mitchell. Uh-huh. They still have Jamichael hasty who uh-huh. I love there, uh-huh. but I mean, how are you supposed to crack through? I would say Man. maybe four guys that are at least starter material. Yeah, no. And, and the way it's been with them is it's, it seems hot hand to me. So you're going to get, most are at one game. You'll probably get Sermon one game. And then when they all get hurt, Gallman will have a good game. Yeah. Everybody's going uh, to rush to pick these guys up, and then it's going to be pointless. They're going to be the waiver wire like flavors, probably. And people need to run. Exactly. And those are guys I'm going to let everyone else pick up because I don't want to gamble on that at all. Yeah. yeah. I'm, good with that. I'm, I'm good with that, too. No, I, I've in the series that this whole show concept started from i wrote about them last year and said the same thing i'm not touching this backfield because shanahan is going to give the whoever the hot hand is the ball and you don't know who that's going to be from week to week like 
someone could have a great week in practice. You don't know anything about it. And it's flipping right. like last year it was, well, it wasn't Tevin Coleman, but that's just the example that's coming to mind. And then it was Mostert and then it was Jeff Wilson and then Wilson got hurt. So it was Mostert again. And it's like, there's too many moving parts to this. Yep. So yep. that's why I'm, I'm out on it. And like the sermon is the only option for me because I think yep. Mostert could be gone after this year. Um, Wilson could be gone after this year. I think he's probably better than hasty. He's better than Mitchell. Yep. He's got better draft capital than Mitchell too. So it's mm-hmm. like all signs after this year point to sermon. So that's that's where I'm putting my eggs. But they'll probably they'll probably draft someone else and then yeah, they'll pick no, someone totally. else up in free agency and it's a, just a big fuck you to fantasy players where it's just <laughs> you gamble really and that's it. I mean and and to to move that on to our next part is you're kind of doing that with uh f- more redraft purposes with their quarterbacks here is is Scott, do you think Trey Lance starts at all this season? Uh, 100% I do. Yeah. I think he gets in there for sure. I think. When do you see that happening, or how? What What is your? A lot of this, I think, is not is not a total like uh, diss on Jimmy G. Right. It's the way the game is now. Yeah. They 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 want that type of quarterback, and they want to find out now. I think the days of. Letting guys hold the clipboard for two, three years, get their thing and go. Nobody's got patience for that anymore. We don't have patience for anything like that anymore. Nope. Just the way the world is and our phones are streaming. I mean, just I'm getting all deep into it. Just human nature. They're going to want to see their big time draft pick, the guy that people are touting as possibly offensive rookie of the year, and all these upside and skills and and video game type plays. They want to see him now as much as you know. Do they want to see like the handsome Italian guy drop back here and there for, you know, <laughs> well, they're probably over, even though he had, when he first got there, Jimmy G had some really good moments. I mean, he took him to the Super Bowl. He's been, he's been fine. He's been fine, but then people don't have any patience for fine. Yeah. They no. want, well, they want I mean, him to be Patrick Mahomes and they want yep. him now. And I think once they go in there with their crappy backfield and lose a couple games and, the rumblings are going to start, and he's going to be out there. And I, I just think he will be out there. And then we'll see. You know, it's, there's how, how many, how many games do you think until you see him? It depends on the start the Niners have. In my opinion, it really, really does. Me being a Niners hater, so I'm probably thinking <laughs> a nice zero and three or one and four, something like that. I'm saying in that range. I'm saying early. I'm saying in the first third of the season. Well, I know Shane's been pounding his chest on this one for waiting. Let yes. the guy sit. Let him Absolutely. go. Watch the game unfold first. And you know, I, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a Cap Smith situation where it's just gonna take one little thing and Jimmy G's gone and Trey Lance is in and that's the last you ever see of Jimmy G. No, but yeah. Scott, you brought it up. Everyone wants the next Mahomes. Everyone wants the next Aaron right. Rodgers. What did they both do at the beginning of their careers? Mm-hmm. They sat their ass on the bench and learned the game before getting thrown out to the Wolves. 
But then again, then they'll also look back and see last year. They're gonna see what Burrow was doing with the the Bengals. They're seeing what this kid did with the Chargers. With Herbert, yeah. From game one, and we're having MVP type seasons, and it was throwing the ball all over the place. It was exciting brand of football, and I think that's what people want. And it was huge for their fantasy. So no, I totally agree. I think the Jimmy G is an awful fantasy quarterback, by the way. Awesome. <laughs> I, I think the the flip side of that, of that or the catch, I guess catch 22 of that would be like look at someone like David Carr or even Andrew Luck. They're both gone out of the league way before they should because they got played too early because the offensive line couldn't protect them. So different and that's not and that's not exactly the same thing. But like I also wonder like if we go back and look at the numbers like guys that start from day one versus guys that sit a year, what's the longevity? Who plays longer into their careers? Is it the guys that yeah. sit first, or is it the guys that end up playing right away first? Well, and I think it should be a thing, too, where out of all of the ones, all the quarterbacks drafted, Lance especially needs to sit because he played one fucking game last year. Yep. One game. Yep. That's a good point on that. So and he's not even. Longer, but again, man, I don't know. I think it's a tough the year sell. Before, like he even high first round pick on. Him. Yeah, right. and unfortunately, I think you're right. Is when that nine it's... fans when two and when they're two and four, and Jimmy G throws a couple shitty picks, and you got that guy standing over there who you just put all that equity into, and to try and get the fans in the face, and they're every after every game, be like, when are we go? When are we making the move? And you know. Yep. Uh, it's the way of the world these days. But I think there's arguments to be made on both sides of the thing. I think Luck was a monster, and he probably could still be playing, but he made a mature choice and dipped out early. Guys like Russell Wilson started since day one, and look at that! Look at this guy. He's still going yep. strong. And so you just you just don't know as far as I mean. Deshaun Watson, look at these some of these guys. It's hard. So the, the difference for me with those guys that you just named, and I'll throw another one in there. I totally just went blank. Dak Prescott. Uh-uh. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> no. I'm just, I'm just naming off names. Oh, who the – oh, Trevor Lawrence. So, like, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Andrew Luck. We'll throw Russell Wilson in there. Joe Burrow. All of these guys were clear blue-chip prospects from basically from day one. Trey Lance isn't. He was playing in freaking North Dakota State. Hold on, hold on. Are you saying Russell Wilson was a blue chip coming out of college? Yeah, I think so. No. He, what, we took him in, what, the third round? Third round. And he got beat out by Glennon at, in college and had to transfer and go to a different college to get respect. He had to get out of North Carolina State and go to Wisconsin. And See, everybody I thought that was a midget running around. He can't do anything. And we took a shot on him in the third round. Everybody said, well, that'll be good. He'll back up Matt Flynn and, you know, whatever, whatever. And they just but turned out to be. still playing against better competition than Lance ever has in both the ACC and the Big Ten. I think that's more of my point is like, these but, guys and Jimmy G went to uh, went to Michigan or USC. I mean, Jimmy G's, I mean, he went to what? Eastern Illinois. I know that little stupid school. So what? North Dakota State, Eastern Illinois. Just said, so uh, I don't know. Well, we'll but see. What well, you right, Shane? Who even just said Jimmy G's not a great quarterback for fantasy football, and he's just fine? 
that's what I was saying when you were saying that, that yeah. uh, when you made the case for Russell Wilson because he was at better schools. I'm like, well, Jimmy G wasn't at a better school than yeah. Lance is what, what I was trying to uh, yeah. get across is all I'm saying. They both went to little small podunk colleges. <laughs> so we're doing college resumes. And no offense on that. My wife's from North North or South Dakota, so uh, – well, I'm from Alabama. I don't have much room yeah. to talk. I went to a little teeny <laughs> school in Illinois, so I got no room to talk. So uh, I love all college, but uh, yeah, the, you know, I'm just saying the big college name is what it is. Yeah, Russell had Russell had two. It was a third round draft pick and uh, came out of nowhere and is now a legend. Anyway, well, we dis we agree to disagree on that, but um, I, I think. Uh, I think Lance is in a good situation to get an opportunity to play. Oh, I think he'll, I, I think okay. he will play. I don't want him to. I want them to hold him back and, yeah. and let him cook and, and learn. But I think he will play. I put on the show sheet, I think he plays at least eight games. Yeah, and I think I he's the one way, needs... I look at it as two victories. You either get sloppy-ass Jimmy G, or we get like this young guy that's probably going to throw like 50 picks a game while he's learning. Yeah. So, I'm good with But he's going to be fantastic to watch. I'm good either way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good having him come up to Seattle to his first start up there see how that goes. <laughs> well, moving on <laughs> to the Rams. Uh, <laughs> we're talking wide receivers here. At their ADP, who would you rather – strip more, more for redraft here. Who would you rather own? Woods, who's your wide receiver 20, mm-hmm. or Cup, who's your wide receiver 17? For me, I'm Woods all the way, especially with the with the trade out of having Matt Stafford there too. Uh, yes. I think Cup's kind of been slowly down the last couple of years, and I think Woods. I think with Woods, you get a little more dynamic player. You get a guy also that's going to get some run. He gets a lot of those little end arounds, things like that. And I think he's a guy that's tailor made for Matt Stafford. Uh, oh, absolutely. So oh, when when Stafford got traded, just one, the whole offense just gets better, but especially Woods. Just hearing Stafford's name being attached to that, I w- am so glad I own Woods in so many places mm-hmm. that this is just, I could care less about Cup. I will, and the fact that Cup is going first just blows my mind. I love Cooper Cup. I love to watch him play and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, give me give me Woods all day every day. Mm-hmm. Not work. I'll pay up to get Woods. We're consensus here. I'm all in on Bobby Trees. Um, yep. and, uh, actually a f- uh, friend on Twitter, Cody Wallinger sent me a thread that he did on the top four wide receivers in the NFC West today. Number one, DK Metcalf, Good number man. two, new Hopkins, number three, a Cooper cup, number three B Robert Woods. And the points that he made, like, I'm re- like, honestly, I'm all in on both. Because Stafford to me is just a massive upgrade from Goff for both of them. So this one, like, because I was just like, I'm going to pick one just to pick one. I'm going Bobby Treats because he's just a little bit cheaper. And I think that the talent, they're both talented, obviously, but he's been Mr. Consistent. Cup fluctuates a lot more than he does where Woods is. You know what you're getting with Woods every Cup needs that year. big play to yep. to hit. Yep. Whereas Woods is he's just gonna be everywhere on the field. He's your like you said, he'll get around and around every now and then. Mm-hmm. And 
I think he's just more valuable in that offense. Honestly, I would have it uh, Hopkins one, Woods two, DK three. Yeah. Now you're just being crazy. (laughs) I think they're they're just, it's just with with Seattle, it's a little too up and down because it's, I feel like Woods and Cup can both have good games together, whereas Metcalf and Lockett, it's, Metcalf has to have the monster game, or Lockett has the monster I'll, game. It's I'll, not really. I'll out crazy you and say that I'll take Lockett over Cup. How's that? Like I'll it. take Lockett over Cup. Okay, I like that. And then we'll go we'll like Metcalf, D Hop. Then we'll go Woods. Then Lockett. Then Cup. Whatever you want to do yeah. with. with uh, I, I won't argue with that. I, I would take one Cup. That's up to you. Yeah, I think Cup's the odd man out on this one, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think. I think DK and Lockett just are too much of a it's it's like a string just pulling one or the other. So it's it's too much I they don't support each other or they support each other, but Wilson doesn't support both. Right. Sorry sorry about the two girls one cup reference. I just couldn't get <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't let Shane get away with Bobby Tree. I didn't have I didn't throw in a nickname somewhere too that uh, mine's a little more lewd, but but anyway. It's okay, worse than we mentioned it with show. <laughs> We've we mentioned it with the Stafford trade. Uh, do you guys see him as a top five quarterback this year, being in this offense? I love this trade. It's like Shane was saying. You guys were saying. I mean, it's a massive upgrade. I say that trade is an A plus. I but he's not top ten. I just I don't know how you could not even I, top ten. No, how could you? You can name five quarterbacks off the top of our head that he's not going to be better than. It's just facts. Um, top top five, I think, absurd. Top ten, maybe, but top that's still your mess. Who are you taking out? We got Mahomes, Wilson, Rogers, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott's coming back, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Aver. I mean, and I'm, I will I'm, go. Old Man River and Brady's still somewhere in there. So top five. Old Man I River's think, retired. I I I'd say top five, no chance. Possibly in the late action tens, but those five, there's not you're not going to put him ahead in any of those guys. I will say this: <laughs> I think he's got the top five potential. I will a hundred percent stake this that he finishes higher, as long as as long as health is not an issue, he finishes higher than Lamar Jackson for sure. Oh, I think he's. I think he's in the six to eight range. Anti Lamar Jackson guy in the house. Oh, Oh, one hundred (laughs) percent. Absolutely hate him. He's He's a fantasy monster. He's like you. The boy. It's Mahomes Jackson in every league. No, not doing it for you. No, he doesn't do it for me either. And I'll, I'll, I'll take Fox's uh, hate out of this and give you some numbers. The year that he blew up was twenty nineteen. Correct. Correct. Do you know what his touchdown percent rate uh, rate was? I do not. It was nine percent. So nine percent of his plays, he was scoring a touchdown. Do you know what Aaron Rodgers typically is around? Go ahead, lay it on me. Five to six percent, and that's really freaking good. Mm-hmm. So basically, Lamar had to have the most efficient season. In his career so far, I know he's only three years in or four years in, but he had to be so uber efficient 
to hit that number and finishes, I think, the QB2 in fantasy, it's not repeatable because that high of a touchdown percentage rate, ratio, whatever the hell word you're looking for there, it's it's it was so high, it's not attainable again. And I don't think his passing numbers outside of that, like from a yardage and this, even a touchdown standpoint, are going to get you there, even with his rushing floor that he offers. I go with my eyes when I look these last two years in my league. My, and I only play in the two PPR leagues, but every time I look, every time I'm playing Lamar Jackson, and every time I look, dude's got – 30 points, 40 points, and just every time I play him, he just kills me. I'm like, oh, look at me. Awesome. I got 19 out of my queue. What did Lamar get today? 37 because he ran two in, <laughs> 89 yards rushing, and he threw one and he tied in. He did this, and it's just like he's a fantasy monster. You might He might not be the best quarterback, but he's a fantasy monster. So you His might production. be right on the top 10 as far as just QBs, period. Fantasy wise, I don't know. I I won't guarantee that he uh, that Stafford surpasses him fantasy wise. Maybe top ten, just saying if we're just breaking down QB ratings and stuff. But there's still two. I still don't think that. Uh, I I just can't put Stafford. So in last five. so last year, uh, and this is Dak, but Dak is ten times better than. Yeah, Stafford. Dak's coming back too. So you're gonna Dak so, Dak. so last year, Dak, who missed, I think. It was week seven, Shane, that Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson finally passed Dak in points. That's how one on fire Dak was, but that's just how poor Jackson's play was. Was he still couldn't pass a guy who had been missing for three games? So, and his all his stats went down, and I think that's what you're going to continue to see is his stats coming down, and he's not a passer. People are starting to figure out what his rushing is, and he's stupid and can't figure out what to do when he gets stopped. I feel a lot, and that's what it comes down to. I feel a lot of hate in this room right now. Oh, I could go on for days. But I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I feel yeah, a lot of hate. I, but the guy is a fantasy monster, and he's a video game. And until I see something different, I'm not betting against him. I can take that. But to speed up a little bit. Hold on. I got one more point I need to make about Lamar Jackson, and you'll like this, I think. Um, So looking at Dak, he had 167 points last year in five games. Lamar, hold on. Got to pull it back up on my phone. Damn it. Not CD Lamb. Lamar in 15 had 403. And he finishes the QB 10. But if Not we go... Hold, hold on. <laughs> the last five weeks, so weeks 13 through 17, he scored no less than 27 points. Before that, in weeks 1 through 11, because he missed week 12 and they had a bye week week 7, he had a 36-point game and a 32-point game. Everything else was under uh, 30 points. And he had one, two, three, four games under 20 points. Well, that's a monster, too. We were get it, and that's another guy that I would rather have than uh, Matt Stafford. Oh, absolutely, for sure. Uh, I, I just named 
we got under this Lamar Jackson thing. I just named him in the top 10 and thought Stafford's going to have a tough time even cracking the top 10 with those names. And there's no way to me he's cracking the top five. That was my opinion. That's fair. I think he can scratch the surface there, but I think he's more of a six to eight if he can get to that point. But yeah. I just think he could do something special with that offense. But See, I'm putting him in an 8 to 12 range, mark it down. 8 to 12, 8 to 15 range. But you'd still be happy with that. So what it sounds like is he's... Because you can get him late for that. Totally. <laughs> All right, moving on to the Cardinals real quick. Um, Rondell Moore, does he have any impact this season? No, I don't think so. I, I, think, I, I think they're... They got a lot of good receivers. You got to, and what do we know for sure? I, I'm not as dialed as you guys. Do we know what's going on with Larry Fitzgerald for sure? Yeah, I, still, I think he's going to retire, but there's still no still official. official right? No, so official, yeah. we're still low. So you'd be behind AJ Green, Christian Kirk, Hopkins, and Fitzgerald if he yeah, if he comes. You know, back. he's going to make his way around the field, and you're going to see him a little bit here and there. But no, I don't. I mean, no, I don't know. For me, another little teeny guy from Purdue. He he's going to. Yeah, I don't nothing. I'm not. No, I think he's got a better shot at running back than wide receiver. <laughs> That's well, yeah, with Kyle Murray, but yeah, I, 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 I'll, <laughs> I'll take any of those receivers, and I'll definitely take Kyler Murray. And uh, you know, I love Cliff Kingsbury, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just with, the, with 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 having Kirk and Green and and possibly Fitzgerald, and then not to mention the top three receiver in the game and DeAndre Hopkins, D. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know where he gets his balls, but maybe he will. But I, for me, I'll, I'll go no. I'm going to go no. Yeah, I agree. Is he, I, is uh, either one of these running backs worth owning? No. Connor <laughs> or Edmonds? That, that, that's a, I, I, for me, if I had to take one, I would take Edmonds just for the simple fact that he catches Same. balls and does a little dynamic thing yep. and just smash a lot of Connors. And I love Kingsbury's offense, but – you know, Kyler Murray's going to run his share in. They're going to run a lot of those. They got that, uh, I forget the tight end's name that was coming up, that had a decent year that people. So, uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't see, I don't see a he's lot. He's not there anymore, actually. Arnold's gone? Yeah, he's in Carolina. Oh, okay. Well, oh, that's right. Good for him. Uh, that, that shows you how irrelevant the Arizona Cardinals are. That's the first thing that we've <laughs> So, hey, they're, they're looking good, man. They're looking uh, – they'll be bringing up the rear in the division. They'll be looking up at Seattle. And, uh, All right. So, gotta... yeah, so last, so last question. I think I already know the answer. Last mm-hmm. question before we move on to the next round. Mm-hmm. Who wins the division? <laughs> Whew, it's a head-scratcher. It's a head-scratcher. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say the mighty, mighty Seattle Seahawks are going to bring it back, <laughs> run it back again. We shored a couple things. I mean, I think the offensive line looks good. We brought a couple guys in on defense. We still we still have our main core there. We make Jamal happy. We got Bobby Wags. I love, love, love the offense this year. I love the fact that we got a brand-new offensive coordinator. Uh, stole him over from the Rams. I know it's his first time being an OC, but everyone seems to love him. And bringing in a tight end that he knows, giving Russell somebody new, that because he obviously was not happy before with the OC. Uh, I love, I love everything about the season. I think it's the toughest division in football. Um, I, I do think that we're gonna we'll, we're gonna end up uh, winning it again. What a tough schedule, but yeah, I think they're gonna run it back. Seattle, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Seattle one, Rams two. Um, and oh, the next part is tough. Ay, ay, ay. 
I lived in Phoenix. We'll give Arizona third, and then we'll put nine. <laughs> so Shane, who are you taking in this one? Rams. The Rams. Yeah, that, I that just, was my pick I too. Think but it's, it's close. It's it. Yeah, I can see both teams taking this division easily. I, I think it's the Rams and Seahawks, and no one else. Yeah, that's that. That's true. That's the thing. Those guys. That's it's a hard division having those. Both those teams are Super Bowl contenders in that same division, and then even. The Cardinals, as I was joking around, but they have a lot of talent, man. They got a lot of young upstairs. That's what's crazy is all these teams do, but and then it the always seems to be that they... there's someone either runs away with it or it's like there's two at the top, and then you're kind of like wondering why they're, why they're so far below. It's because they beat up on each how other. How stacked these teams are. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, and those Ram- I hate playing the Rams. Uh, they just they know how to play us, and it's, it's so frustrating. Those games are always – grinders and they drive me insane and you can't ever stop Donald because we have already have offensive line problems and that guy just runs through us like everyone else is standing still. It drives me insane. <laughs> yeah. Can no anyone stop Aaron Donald? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, the Rams give me nightmares. So um, if we can split with them, wipe out the rest of the division, get to that 12 and 4 mark, I think we got it. I can see it. I can see it. Well, we're going to put the fantasy away now, and we're going to kind of switch over here and talk about um, your acting and all the pro- like the projects you're working on and stuff like that. Um, so to kick that off, simple question, how long have you been acting, and what got you into it? First of all, I love fantasy football, so I, I, I could talk that all day. <laughs> Who cares what I'm stupid acting? But no, um, I, I'm all, I, I, I love what I do for a living, too. Um, and yeah, what got me into it, I, there was really basic answer is two things I loved growing up were sports and the movies. And I always said I want to work in either sports or the movies. I want to pick really easy careers. I either want to be a baseball player or I want to be an actor. And, uh, and yeah, it just turned out, you know, I wasn't as good of a baseball player as I hoped. And then I, said, <laughs> you know, so let's, uh, I rode that for as long as I could and then um, came out to L.A. and started trying my hand at this, this acting thing. And it was, it's really that simple. That I, just, I just wanted to wake up doing what I love to do uh, for the rest of my life. And movies and sports are it. Awesome. What what, what has you been play? your favorite role doing that? Favorite role. <laughs> favorite role. That's hot. You know, that's like picking like your favorite kid. Because <laughs> there's so many that I. Not to sound like that. Oh, those done so many. No, there's just there's stuff. I mean, I think I like. that's a good thing though. Then yeah, if you can't just name one. I like for different reasons and different experiences. So I'll, I'll do one that I love that's got to tie into you, Fox, a little bit is I love doing, there used to be the show, Shane, for the young bucks out there, there used to be the show called Carless <laughs> and it was about a sports mm, Yep. So, and I played the number one baseball recruit in the nation. And my episode was like loaded with people that I loved. Robert Wool, it was his thing, which I know Fox is a huge Batman guy. So he's from yep. the original Batman. 
yep. and he's also from Bull Durham. So I was like, okay, this is the coolest thing in the world. And I also got to play like baseball through half of shooting this episode. Sandra Oh was in it. And then the other 80s tie-in is uh, Revenge of the Nerds. The dude, anybody knows Revenge of the Nerds? The guy that played Ogre, um, Donald Gibb, and yep. from Bloodsport, if you like karate and stuff too. He played my dad in that episode. So for me, it was like overload of like, oh, when I was a kid, I loved Revenge of the Nerds. And I loved Batman. I loved Bull Durham. So that was, and I got to play baseball almost the whole time, which right. was really good, which is probably half the reason I got the part because most actors are not the greatest athletes. Sorry. No, we've seen, <laughs> we've seen some of the uh, sports oh, fails yeah. and I, God, I, they're, they're so that. bad. Yeah. So, uh, so that was fun. And I'll say one other one that is right up there always because it was my first ever big break. And kind of nostalgic too was Walker Texas Ranger. Pretty much was like oh, when nice. I got it started for me, and then getting to do like little bits of karate with Chuck Norris, and then also in my episode with Sam Jones, who played the original Flash Gordon. Oh, awesome! Nice. Yeah, so those two episodes for me are nostalgic, and and then the, the recent one, Karate Kid, Cobra Kai. Those are see, I could do this all day, but those were just like uh, amazing, amazing opportunities for me, and I'm so excited that I, I got to to play and do those things. And they're just lifelong memories for me. Right. I, I love them. I'm forever grateful to the, uh, to people like Chuck Norris and Robert Wool, who are also executive producers of those shows that hired me. So forever grateful as well. That's awesome. So the stay. Yes. That is. It's my first movie. You, yeah. I was going to say you wrote, directed and star in it and you produce it, right? Yeah, you know, low budget indie, you pretty much do everything. Uh, well, I got to tell you, it we, we put it on today, and me and Abby are sitting watching it, and we're both like, "Fuck, this is so weird." To like just see you on screen, like, like okay, we know this guy, like it's just, <laughs> hey, that's Scott, <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. not, it's not just okay. He he came and went. It's it's this is you the whole time, and like knowing that you wrote it, directed it, it was you a know, like. And I will give props to uh, my producing partner now, Kit Tribble, who co-wrote it with mm -hmm. me, who's a much uh, more seasoned writer than I am. I just, it was kind of my story, my brainchild. And then I kicked it to him to really try and make it into a, a usable script that we could get funding for and then be able to shoot. Again, I really appreciate you checking it out. Um, this day, it's on everything, Amazon, all the streaming services, but uh uh, yeah, man. Thank you so much. It's it's it was it's a, it was a challenge, but uh, it was a micro budget film that I'm proud of, and I just want to keep leveling up and and doing more and more things. So, uh, but when when you wrote it and had this concept, were you planning on directing it as well, or was it hey, I'm going to write it and I'm going to pass this on to someone else, or right. because it's yours, you wanted to make sure it came to life how you saw it. A lot of it, man, if we're being totally honest, a lot of it's financial reasons. You know, I would love to hire a lot more people to do a lot of the jobs that I did on that, but I just couldn't afford it. So you just were like, this is the budget you have. And, okay, so we're not going to have trailers and we're not going to have fancy catering and we're not going to have – so. And then all of a sudden, it's like, we don't have the money to hire this position. So you really dive into getting friends to help you out. and uh, Right. And when you said I'm in so much of it, well, yeah, because I'm cheap. I hired myself. I was <laughs> I was the cheapest actor I could get to play. I had some other actors in there that have done a lot of stuff that I've made friends with that did me some nice favors and having Kip there. So, yeah, it was my baby, and I did a lot 
of it. Would I do I want to do that many things going forward? No, I, I don't need <laughs> follow humanity were like, I have to write it, I, have to, I write it, I direct it. It was more out of necessity. And then you just get down to the credits at the end when you pop them in, and they're like, all right, who wrote it? Well, Scott, who did this? <laughs> hey, it makes the credits easier. You just <laughs> yeah, copy paste. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what is, but uh, that's really, it was just really a labor of love. And um, you when know, did you write it? Say that again, I'm sorry. When did you write it? I wrote it a couple years ago, um, and it came. The inspiration to write it came from I. Uh, I was renting my first Airbnb out ever, and I remember renting it, going, "What? Like this guy doesn't need to meet me, or he doesn't need anything. They just basically, yeah, we're just gonna leave the key under the map, man. And then you just go do your thing, and then check out, and they never see it. I'm like, how does this guy know I'm not dealing with crack out of this thing? I was, you know." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not murdering people, throwing like, right. like, you know, taking, I, who knows? So I'm like, what if there was like a serial killer that just like rented out Airbnbs and committed his crime? And then that's not what the stay is. It kind of morphed into this whole other thing that I thought was a little more right. interesting, which, which has been done before, which is couples that go away on a vacation and shenanigans happen. And so, but that's really where it came from was the first uh, Airbnb that I ever had. That's funny. (laughs) Like anything can happen in this house, and so then I started. Oh, that's a good idea for a movie, and uh, so that's how it kind of got going. Yeah. Do you prefer writing, directing, or would you rather just be like, "Hey, I want to be in front of the camera, not have to necessarily worry so much of like, is this scene going the way I want it to go?" I I absolutely love acting, and uh, this was like. Technically, I, I directed one thing where I took some film classes in college and I was the director of the short that I turned in for our project and then I directed this. Um, I like directing. I don't know if I like directing and acting. I think I really enjoyed the directing on the couple days where I didn't have to act and mm. I could just sit back and direct the actors and be like, this is what I envisioned in the scene. The other times, especially when you're moving as fast as we had to move, it's just really hard to, 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 first of all, I don't know how you direct yourself. Like, you know, be like, hey man, that was really shitty. Uh, this is not really you gotta go talk to yourself in the mirror. Yeah. And I'm sure do better. Yeah. So I do like, I did like directing. I think I would like somewhere down the road to take a stab at directing and not being in it or maybe directing and just having a little part. But I think it was, right. it was a, for me, anyway, being a novice at it, it was very hard to try and be in charge of all these things and then also be on the other side of the camera. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's like someone would be asking me a million questions about what's going on in this next scene. And then right. uh, I'd be like, oh, I also have like two pages of dialogue I need to make sure I know. For right. So it was, it was a lot, but I loved it. And it was the experience was fantastic. But yeah, I think I would like to do one or the other. And I do. I, I think acting will always be my first love, but uh, uh, directing is really cool. I love producing too. I, I really like the, the, the being in charge of making it all come together is something that I really, really enjoy too. Awesome. And then my last question, and I'll let Shane jump in if he's got any here. Um, I know since we've kind of talked, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, I haven't physically been anything with you, but uh, like working with you on coffin, 
like helping make yeah. the first little bit of graphics for it. Uh, and kind of just seeing like even just how all that stuff works mm-hmm. and how it comes together and talking with the, with Kip and stuff. Um, being more on that horror side, mm-hmm. is that kind of the genre you gravitate to now with the movies or is that just kind of how it's worked out or would you rather do something else or it's it's that's a great question man it's kind of right now how it's worked out um i love i mean i'm a sap man i like a good romantic comedy i love funny stuff i love i love sports movies i love movies with underdogs obviously like karate kid rocket those kind of movies i love them i love a good fighting movie i i love everything this is just i think in the i think audiences and most importantly distributors and people that buy these movies and get out there and sell them been lucky enough that the stay got distribution both foreign and domestic and so did coffin um i think there's just it's it's to get your foot in the door i think these type of movies are easy to easier to get your foot in the door at the low budget um, hmm. production movie. I do love these type of movies, don't get me wrong, but I think they're easier to get your foot in the door because I think audiences and you guys, Shane, maybe can and can speak to this. I think you're more willing to watch a movie like that that maybe doesn't have big stars in it and that maybe oh, doesn't have billions of dollars in budget. You're more willing to be like, I'll sit down for an hour and a half and see if they can make anything happen in this cabin that's worth watching. But like, right. if it's a big action scene and you and it's some teeny little budget, you kind of not really into it. Or if it's a drama, right. you're like, I don't really want to watch two hours of actors I've never seen before in my life because I'm going to fall asleep right. for 10 minutes. You'll be willing to watch right. that with Meryl Streep and De Niro or something. You'll watch them talk yeah, all day. Absolutely. I don't well, and watch that's... five unknowns talk all day. So I think right. this type of movie is good for getting your feet wet and getting going. Yeah. Uh, so that is what's kind of appealed to me. And they're actually fun date night right movies so uh, well and it and i was gonna say too and it's not even like like you alluded to they're not even like it's not like they're b movies right where it's like a campy kind of like something you see on sci-fi they're indie films they're indie and i think and i think that's what makes them great along with what you're saying is yeah that's something i will go see one with it being a horror film i love horror films Mm -hmm. and i don't care who's in it Right, you want to see some cool stuff, and that's the thing too. I sometimes along the way of these, even the ones there, I would say the two that I've made have been even more thrillers than they are horrors. And there's a bit. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Yeah, horror, but horror is definitely like the bigger audience. People want to see some right. some more blood and some more chop up and some more of that, and that's all. Oh, that's a little more expensive too um, on the production side. Right. But yeah, though I'm with you. I I will watch this kind of movie, and it doesn't have to have a star actor in it. Uh, it's hard for me to watch those other kind of movies without some big names or big effects. Everybody wants big effects now too. They want right. big. They want a car. Well, like you're saying, guy, like Fast and the Furious, they want a car right. falling out of a plane landing on the freeway. You know. Right. Right. Well, and like you were saying, you can't bring in that huge fight scene and expect it to land. Whereas, like that's why I like the, it's the subtle things. It's the, I think this is where you get the storytelling can be a little bit better than, you know, a blockbuster because they're taking their time and well, we got to make sure this shit looks awesome. We got to make sure she looks good and all this stuff. Whereas it's like, no, we can tell the story. We don't have to pay for that. 
Yeah. And I think that's what makes these better. And what sucks is I don't think enough people realize that. No, if you which I shouldn't do is you go on the internet and read some of the reviews. Some people are great. Some people are so hard on you, man. But I know it's art and you put the movie out there and you get, you get what you get, but it's just like, you know, yeah, so it, it has some God dang money. And, and like, yeah, I know we trust me. We want it more. We Could you yeah, like, chip in then? <laughs> yeah. I would love to do so many things, but I don't blame anyone. Hey, if you watch it, I'm just thankful you watch it and you can, message me and say it's the worst thing you ever saw or you know everything always lives in this weird space like i don't think it's as it's that old cliche it's not as good as the good people tell you it is it's not as bad as the people that hate it tell you right. it lives somewhere in the and, middle and uh and it's great and i just wanted to make an entertaining movie and so far you know yeah. we've gotten some good reviews some bad reviews and we've done some pretty good numbers and so i'm i'm proud of it and if people knew that i mean we Really made this for nothing um, right. in, in the movie, in the realm of movie things. You know what I mean? Right. It's probably five minutes of a Marvel movie. Well, and this is the funny thing yeah. is they're not the same, but like fantasy, what me and Shane do, and everybody else in the industry, like we get shit on all the time for. I was literally take. about and to it's say not, that. It's Alex. not the same. It's not the same magnitude, but like I completely understand. And it, and then you see the flip side of well. You say this shit to me. Well, why don't you come and do it? You know, like I can't do what you do. And whether it's bad or good, you're doing it. And no one else can say that. Look, and that and that's the the good the, you know, the, the thing that comes out of it. And you are never, no matter what, you're never gonna I, I got rid of that after coughing too, because I was really like offended on bad ones and I wanted to like hit back and say, like, you can't do and you don't know. And right. I was like, you know what? This is the business. This is what I'm doing. It's it is art. I'm putting it out there, and it gives the people the right to say because we do it about movies all day long about huge budgets with yeah, monster true. actors, and you'd be like, ah, oh, this guy's the worst actor. And you're like, this guy like works in every movie ever, but it, yeah, it's so different on these different levels like that, and you just have to live with it and accept it and let people say what they want to say, and uh, you, you're putting yourself out there, like I said, and uh, I hope people enjoy it. You know. Everyone's gonna like it, and uh, uh, and but some people are gonna really like it and get it. Some people won't. But again, look, here's a perfect example, real quick. There was one guy that reviewed our movie, gives a, a, a bad review, a bad user review. I remember this one vividly too, because I was so pumped. I just read like three good ones in a row, and I'm like, yes, look at this. This guy gets it. He gets it. Like you know, it's like uh, you know, it's pretty straightforward date movie, but you know, a pretty good twist here and there. Some things to like, and there was like two or three in a row. And then I read this one, and just hated. Just kill us. <laughs> Worst movie I've ever seen. This piece of junk. And this, this guy am some stick to soap operas. And this guy, da da da. And uh, not that there's anything wrong with soap operas. And <laughs> then I, just out of curiosity, because it was so bad, I like, you can click and see other things that they re review. And I look, and it's just like movie after movie just killing it. Movies the worst thing. Ever. But then the best, the most rich thing was, he, I, I swear in my life this is true, reviewed The Godfather and gave it a one. Said, I just don't understand what this is all about. It's so boring. <laughs> I just can't see it. It's so boring. And, I, and for me, it was like this big weight off my shoulders. I'm like, see, I'm all worked up that this guy hates the movie and I'm stopping right. looking at his other reviews. And this guy gave me Godfather a one saying, I don't get it. And I'm like, I just, I mean, you never, you just don't look at this shit because you just, 
it's, you yeah. can't make everybody happy. It's impossible. So, uh, well, do the best you can and, and pray for the best. I can say, not just as your friend, <laughs> both me and Abby enjoyed it. Oh, so I, I, I loved it. Thank you. We enjoyed it. I, you know, I'm stoked to say that I know the guy who is behind it, but you know, I, I enjoyed it. That's really nice of you, man. And, and again, it was only number two for me. So I'm just trying to learn and get better. And, uh, it's like flipping houses, man. Try and keep getting better, get a little more money and get a little more, uh, stuff going on and we'll see how it is. So uh, I appreciate you just taking the time to watch it, whether you, yeah. and, and the fact that you liked it a little bit, uh, makes me feel really good. So thank you. And then Shane, if you have any questions for him, yeah, I got a, uh, a few. Um, first, Scott, I'm going to admit I didn't do my homework um, <laughs> pretty much like I did throughout school. I procrastinated, but I'll, I, I'm going to I'm going to turn it in late and I'm going to go watch it. Thank um, you. And I'll either DM you through Fox or, or find you on Twitter and DM you and, and tell you what I think. Um, if Fox likes it, I'll probably like it because we got pretty similar tastes. And from what like we've talked about, the concept sounds really cool. And it actually sounds like a movie that I've been wanting to like create in my own head. So we might have mm -hmm. to talk someday. Um, do it, man. I'm open to anything. But uh, my first question for you is what position did you play in baseball? For a lot of years, I was kind of that kid, like all through the Little League years and all the way up until before high school. I was the classic like dude that like pitched and played shortstop or pitched okay. and played second nice. base. I was that, I was that kid. Uh, and then once I got to high school and uh, you're around a bunch of other kids that like made the All-Stars every year, yes. I think <laughs> and all of a sudden you weren't the best guy on your team. Uh, I, my sophomore year, I moved to just pitcher. So I okay. pitched the last three years in high school and then I pitched a couple years, uh, in college. Nice. Very cool. Um, yeah, I was the opposite of that. I was the kid that they put in right field when you were like five, six and seven, because then you weren't involved in the, the play. Um, you but I also didn't really hit any athletic ability until I was like 10 or 11 mm -hmm. or 11 or 12. So like baseball is the one sport that I wish I had stuck with because I feel like once I actually like hit puberty and was like, yeah. oh, hey, I know how to like make my body work and can actually have coordination. Um, yeah, baseball is the one sport I wish I would have stuck with, but I didn't. Um, okay, who is your favorite person that you have ever co-starred with? Favorite person that I've ever co-starred with? Ooh, as in... Or just acted with. I don't know if co-starred is the right word, but... Okay, well, no, co-star is the perfect word. God, that just as far as an actor or as far as a, like a, just a wonderful human being? Both. Whoa, that's a, that's a really tough one. Human being, I'm going to go back to Chuck Norris again, was about cool. the nicest dude you've ever met in your life. Because he... Literally, like when I showed up the very first day, he like came coming, came down from where he was, introduced himself to me, shook my hand, said, I'm so pleased to have you on this and pleased to have you out here in Dallas and all this stuff. And I was like, This is, didn't you find Bruce Lee, man? This is like, you're the big star. Like, you have all these sayings about you, about Chuck Norris, is this guy. That guy? Um, so that was pretty amazing to have Chuck Norris come up to you and, uh, make you feel like you were doing him a favor for being there. So yeah. as just overall nice, great people, uh, I would rank Chuck Norris up there. I mean, he probably won't disagree. I don't know if he's like the, mo the biggest master 
thespian that there ever was. So it was fun. <laughs> um, acting wise, boy, man, there's there's a lot of good actors out there. And when you get around them, and you just kind of like you just just like you do with sports or something else, you just kind of feel it when you're next to you're like, wow, this guy's like really on another level. Who's someone? I'm trying to use some different people. How about this? I was I didn't act with him, but he was a director on a, a small part and I had in the film was Forrest Whitaker. Nice. Oh, nice. Amazing being around him. And uh, I was just like, he just had this presence that was crazy and um, was also another guy that I had, a he directed this film that I was in called First Daughter. I just had a small part in it. Katie Holmes was in that film who happens to be someone that I was thinking of when you were saying that too, that is just a terrific actress that was like being next to like two really seasoned awesome actors and actresses and even though i had this little teeny part force whitaker was like talking to me like i was the lead in his movie so uh awesome that was pretty amazing so those names pop generally up and uh um but i've been lucky to be around a lot a lot of good ones cool yeah my wife looked you up when i told her that who was coming on our show tonight and she was like, oh, he was in First Daughter with Katie Holmes. And I was yeah. like, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you can't, uh, if you blink, you might miss me. But I do have some, I do have lines and I am in there. I'm the, I'm the uh, uh, frat guy with the water gun that the Secret Service takes out because I think I'm really coming after the First Daughter <laughs> with, a, with a real gun. It was, nice. uh, that, that movie was a, um, a quick anecdote with that too. It was a really up and down experience for me. I got cast as one of the main frat guys that takes her around and does all the stuff and then they wrote it differently and they called me and said we wrote that part out we don't need scott anymore and like a week later they called back and said hey we have this other thing with this frat dude and a water gun and we don't even need to audition him we feel terrible he got written out can you just show up next week and do it said done i'm in so they that was really sweet of them so that was a good experience the only awesome. bad part about first daughter is michael keaton's like one of my heroes and I didn't get to meet him. I wasn't on set with him. Oh, no. That was the bummer. One of my absolute heroes, and it's not from Batman either. It's from some of his other stuff. But I do, I, he might be my favorite Batman, but uh, I do, uh, I wish I would have got to meet him. Nice. Okay, uh, my last question, and then we can wrap up. Yeah. What is your favorite movie? Oh, easy. Not even One Flew Over you... the Cuckoo's Nest. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Favorite movie of all time. I love everything about that movie. Jack Nicholson was fantastic. Uh, the Nurse Ratchet characters weren't probably, for my money, the most evil, evil character ever. Mm -hmm. All the good character acting, the, the basic, like, it almost seems, if you break down that film, it almost is like an indie movie because it's basically one setting with a bunch of actors put in these circumstances. And I can watch that movie over and over again the cast is amazing. The performances are amazing. The direction is amazing. Everything about that movie I love and made me love the movies. And it also gives me great childhood memories because I must have watched it a hundred times when my parents were still together and we all watched it together. And we used to just like say lines back and forth from it to each other all the time with my dad and, and my mom and stuff. Uh, so that that is easily my number one. Awesome. awesome have you awesome. seen it, Shane? I know you're young. You really have you seen it? Did you read no. the book? He may not even know what it is. I've you know heard of it. I, ha I haven't <laughs> seen it. Watch it. You can't go wrong. It's amazing. It's a classic. It's so freaking good. 
Okay, so since it's been brought up a couple times on the show, Scott, yeah. we're going to play my favorite game. Let's do it. How old do you think I am? Ooh, well, now I'm go- I would have – you seem so mature. I would have probably guessed a little bit older, but now that Fox – cracked on you for being young and <laughs> that you don't know what Moesha or Jag are, that puts you in your 20s for sure. Uh, so, and you have like, your skin's still really nice. You don't, I don't see any wrinkles yet. <laughs> fantasy leagues, though, that's going to change, man. So you need to back out of a few of those. But okay, I'm going to go with 26. Nailed it. Right. right on the head. Yep. What do I get? Impressive. We can send you a nightcap get- sticker. <laughs> yeah, and then you get to tell us. I really nailed Dan. I'm proud of myself. You yep. get to tell us what you're doing and where people can find you. Fantastic. I am really. I'm probably. I mean, I'm on all of them: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, just, I just, I don't do anything fancy. It's all Scott Ham or with my last name. But I would say I'm the most active on Instagram, and it's Scott Ham Eight. And I also have a website, the official Scott Ham. You can go check things out there. And um, I'm just getting ready to produce and I'm not directing, but produce and star. And I co-wrote my third film and we're starting on Sunday. We're starting nice. on Sunday. So yeah, nice. it's a, it's kind of, it's a, it's a fun, I can't talk a ton about it because we actually have enough. I'm not doing the whole actor cop out. Can't say anything about it. It really is because we got each time, like I said, levels. This one's a little bigger than the other ones, and we've got. We're still waiting on the possibility of getting uh, one or two name recognizable actors in this one that we're super excited about. And I don't want to say anything to blow that, but uh, maybe I can come on uh, when it's wrapped and uh, we can talk about it there. Absolutely. But I have that, Absolutely. and then I'm doing another one um, at the end of the year. And there's, I have two other ones that are out that I don't want to mess up the producers on. The, um, one's coming out uh, this fall called Evil at the Door. It's kind of like The Purge. It's about five guys that commit a crime together, like a home invasion once a year. And I play one of the home invaders. And then there's a little, if you like noir, like super, super weird, super, super indie weird stuff. There's one called Howl, which is like this really weird take on Little Red Riding Hood. Um, and that's, I think, currently on both. Amazon both look Prime. phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, so that one is is out there. So if that's your kind of thing, uh, go for it. And then, of course, everyone, please check out the Stay, which is currently on Apple TV, Amazon Prime, uh, Vudu, anything, any any of those Fire Sticks or Roku's, you find it anywhere and everywhere, man. It's on Direct TV too. You can get it on if you just have Direct TV or Comcast. You can get it on there too. It's pretty much everywhere, thanks to Gravitas. Uh, Ventures, which distributes our film. Thank you to them as well. Was that enough shameless um, <laughs> stuff? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Good, good, good. No, I appreciate you coming on, man. It's been it's been fun. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I can, uh, like I said, movies and sports are my thing, so I could talk both these things with you guys all day. Oh, awesome. same. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, you, uh, if, if you will, I'm sure Fox and I will gladly have you on again. Um, at some Love point, so. we'll see how our predictions did. We'll come back absolutely. to it. We'll see how it did. Uh, absolutely. I'll sit here and absolutely. Until I told you so most of the time. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the Fantasy Nightcap. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Nightcap. 
where you can also find us on our new website, www.ffcollective.com. Collective is spelled weird. It's K-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V. You can also follow that out on Twitter at FF underscore collective. You can follow myself at FF Shane B, Fox at Carbon Fox underscore FF. And this is the Fantasy Nightcap, where we serve you fantasy advice straight. New Chaser. Cheers. Cheers.